You may be seated. Wow. You know, this is a good-looking church right here. <laughs> what a great day we get to experience together. And as uh, Pastor Matt already mentioned, we have over 60 people signed up to be baptized. We've got even more, I really believe, that are doing a make a decision. And I won't preach long because I'm in the sun and I'll just keep getting redder and redder as I go on. But uh, you may be here, you may have come in, uh, and being baptized was not even on your radar screen. Uh, and yet, if God nudges you to do it, this service, I just want to encourage you to not resist God's prompting and to not grieve the Spirit. We call these same-day decisions spontaneous baptisms, uh, and it's biblical. I mean, the Bible is full of examples of spontaneous baptisms. By spontaneous, I mean, you didn't plan on it, but during your time here, our time together, uh, you prayed a prayer, you made a connection to the God who loves you, and you made a decision to follow him and to turn and to walk uh, for him and to live for him. And at the end of this talk, uh, I will be inviting those 60 pre-registered people, plus all of you who make spontaneous decisions uh, today to come forward to one of these gray tents you see beside me and uh, come and pick up your baptism towel, uh, your t-shirt, and to get checked in if you're not checked in uh, to confirm your name is on the list to be baptized. And by the way, this is just a big celebration party today. You see, as many of you make public decisions of faith, as you step out and say, I'm in, I'm a child of God, as we just sang, it gives us, your church family, an opportunity to celebrate your new faith uh, decision with you. And that's what families do, celebrate together, amen? And, and then after that, all of us will walk over to the pond together and begin the baptism. But before we do that, I just want to take a moment and look at a couple of scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to anybody who is here who needs to make that connection to God. And maybe you feel distant and you don't know that God is ready with open arms here today to change your whole life. I really believe that. A transformation can take place in your heart right now. And the moment you do that, then you want to live for him. There's a new love, a divine love that just springs up like a well that we sang about. And then you can come forward and sign up to be baptized and you're off and running in your walk. Uh, in Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 12, it says this about baptism. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So if, if I were to ask you to come up here on stage, each one of you, and share the two most single, most significant moments in your life, what would those two moments be? What would you say are the two most significant moments in your life thus far? Some of you say, oh, that, that had to be my wedding. You know, there I was standing at the end of the aisle, and I said, I do, my spouse said, I do, and and in a moment's time, we were married. Others of you would probably say, well, that's the birth of our child. You know, my, you'd say, well, my wife got pregnant, and in a moment's time, in no time at all, we had our first child. 
And I know some of you wives are out there, your moms, you're saying, no, being pregnant nine months didn't happen in just a moment's time, right? It wasn't that quick. For others of you, you might say, what was that job interview? It was a day the management looked me in the eye and said, you're hired. I mean, it was, that was my dream job that I've always wanted, and in a moment's time, my whole future changed. For every fully devoted Christ follower who is here today, I think that you would agree with me the single most greatest moment in your life was the day that you humbled yourself before God, the God who created you, the God who loves you, and you asked Jesus Christ to erase every wrong, every sin that you ever committed. And by God's grace, not nothing that you did to earn it, but by God's grace, he forgave you. And you were set free from all sin. And something inside of you shifted. And in an instant, in a moment's time, you've never been the same. Quite a few of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Spiritually, spiritually in a moment's time, you were made alive. You were transformed. And something you'll never, ever forget. You, you'll never get over it. The fact that God would love a broken sinner like me in the very moment you understood that, in the very moment you received it, something shifted inside of you, and you've never been the same. Have you ever wondered what the two single most significant moments were in Jesus' life? You know, he was here 2,000 years ago, walked this earth 30-some years. What were the single two most significant moments in his life? Well, one of the single most significant moments of Jesus' life has to be his death for us on the cross. When they, nailed, when they put the nails in his hands and his feet and they pound the nails with that sledgehammer, and it was a horrible, horrible death, a horrible way to die. But sometimes I think we forget that it was Jesus who volunteered for this duty. He volunteered to do that. In John 10, Jesus said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. It's interesting, Jesus never saw himself as a victim. He volunteered to go to the cross for you and I. In fact, when the Roman soldiers approached Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest him, remember one of his disciples, Simon Peter, was thinking, man, we got we to do something. We got to defend Jesus. He's, gonna, he's a, being a victim here. So what does Peter do? He, he, he takes out a sword, cuts off one of the ears of, of one of the Roman soldiers, and Jesus, but Jesus looks at Peter and tells him, put your sword away, dude. He says, you really don't get why I've come here, do you, Peter? You don't get why I left heaven to come to earth for this reason. Don't you know that I could have called upon my heavenly Father right now at any moment and 10,000 angels would assist me? Jesus is like, we're not short on firepower here. But I'm not a victim. I volunteered for this. In fact, here, put the handcuffs on me. I've come for this reason. I volunteered. I left heaven. This is my choice. And Peter must have looked at Jesus that night and wondered, why would anyone volunteer to go to a horrible death on the cross and die? And of course, all of us know the answer to that now, don't we? Jesus was motivated out of love. It was out of love. The cross shows the depths of God's great love for us. 
Romans 5, 8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ Jesus to die for us on the cross while we were still yet sinners. He did it out of love, and he did it so that you and I could be forgiven. We just sang about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever stopped to ponder just how much God loves you and cares about you? How much your heavenly father deeply loves you? Can everybody see the cross over here in the pond? Look at it. And think about what motivated Jesus to die on a cross. And if you've ever wondered how much God loves you, just look at it. He stretched out his arms for every one of us and said, hey, this is how much I love you. Enough to die for you. He gave his life. The cross is God saying that I love you. The cross shows how God's great love for us it's, it's beyond our imagination. And secondly, the cross shows how valuable you are. What determines your worth? What determines my worth or our, our value as a person? You know, when you think of the value of what something's worth, value is what someone, someone is willing to pay for it. And the Bible says that you have been bought and paid for by Christ, God's son, the one, the creator of the, the heavens and the earth sent his son to pay for your sins and mine. Jesus, God's son, paid for you with his life on the cross, which means you are of great worth. Look at your neighbor. Look at the person next to you and say, you are valuable. Go ahead, tell them. You are of great worth. The cross proves it, how much God loves you and how much he values it. Now, why did he do it? Well, the cross also shows the depths of you and I's sin. It's pretty common knowledge that we humans are imperfect. Amen? I mean, most of us don't live up to our own standard, out much less God's perfect standard, holy standard. And, but it takes a humble person, a humble heart to recognize the seriousness of our sin. It takes a humble person to say, you know what? I am spiritually bankrupt I really am. And the Apostle Paul understood this. He said, all have sinned. He said, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We're, we're all. We're all in the same predicament. Why did Jesus have to die? Because our sin separates us from God, the Bible says. And someone had to pay for the penalty of our sin. But the only one who could pay for our sin was someone who was perfect. Without sin, someone who's without sin. And the only person who's ever lived a perfect, sinless life here on this earth is Jesus, God's Son, the perfect Lamb of God. Amen? And the only person who's ever lived a, a sinless life, Jesus, the perfect sacrificial Lamb, He died for you and I on the cross. He did it voluntarily. And the Bible says at that moment, when he was on that cross and he died, the sins, of, he, the sins of all people were put on him. And he became our substitute. The one who least deserved it voluntarily went 
to the cross for you and I. Here's the good news today. Because of the cross, the forgiveness of sin has been made available to each and every one of us. And this morning, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never invited him to be Lord of your life, the good news is this. Jesus died on the cross to make a way for you to do that. He died to take away your sin, to set you free from your guilt, and to give you a new life. And the Bible says in a new abundant life. My question is, from the beginning, uh, my message here was, have you ever asked yourself what the two most significant moments were in Jesus' life? Well, the first one had to be the, his death on the cross. The second, the other single most significant moment in Jesus' life had to be his resurrection. And you know what? History tells us that over 500 plus eyewitnesses saw Jesus after his resurrection. It's been recorded and written about not just by biblical writers, but by scholar historians as well. And you know what? Today, if over 500 people testified in a court of law, I, I think there'd be enough evidence there to prove that's true. That's, that's enough to prove any court of law that Jesus really did rise from the dead. And it's amazing when you stop and think about it. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus Christ walked this earth. And he never traveled more than 100 miles outside the place he was born. And yet his impact has been so great that today you can still see his, his, find his followers in every nook and cranny of the planet. One out of every people in the world identifies himself as a Christian today. And the impact Jesus Christ has had on society and continues to have is second to none. So why does the resurrection matter so much? Because the resurrection is proof that Jesus is who he says he is. That he is God's son, our redeemer, the savior of the world. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the absolute centerpiece of the Christian faith. If, if Jesus Christ did, in fact, rise from the dead, it affirms uh, his identity is the Messiah. He said I was the Messiah. It affirms his promise that he would die for the sins of the world and that he would resurrect from the dead. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. And here's what I'm going to uh, say. with, And maybe you didn't realize this. The two most, this is what this is all about today. The two most significant moments in Jesus' life here on earth, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, that's what the meaning of baptism is all about. That's what we're celebrating today. Those two significant moments in Jesus' life is what baptism is all about. In Romans 6, the apostle Paul said, this is what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water... It's like the burial of Jesus. And when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. And the reason God calls every person here to be baptized is because baptism publicly declares that you believe in the death and the burial of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And secondly, baptism is a picture of what has happened to you. It's saying when I was lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. Christ's death on the cross, his burial in the tomb. And you're going under the water speaks to the fact that there has been a burial of the old life. 
That old life is gone. We no longer have to live with guilt and shame. Amen? Your entrance into the water during baptism identifies you as a believer that your old life is gone. And it's in the past. And then when you're raised up out of the water, the Bible says it's like the resurrection of Jesus, his resurrection from the dead. And coming up out of the water, you're, you are publicly declaring that you believe Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God and that he is alive today. And you're being raised up out of the water speaks to the fact that you're being raised into a new life, a new forgiven life. You've been given another a new beginning, a new start, and you've been given a new life in Christ. Let me respond now just to a few of the most frequent questions we get about baptism, why, why we should get baptized. Well, for one, because God commanded it. I mean, we could just stop right there, right? Over and over in Scripture, we are commanded by God as believers to be baptized. Jesus said, therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Another reason we should be baptized is because Jesus himself was baptized. He set the example. If you claim to be a Christ follower, you're going to want to follow what he did. Another reason, a biblical reason, is because baptism demonstrates our love and obedience to him. Here's a question I have for you. How can you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ if you're not willing to take the first step that he's called you to take? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me and you'll be baptized. Another biblical reason is because baptism demonstrates that I belong to him. That means I'm in the family. The act of baptism is saying, I belong to you, Jesus, and I'm in the family of God now. And so... That's a pretty good reason. And then another reason every believer should be baptized is because it's important to, that I let people know my decision. In fact, he said it's important that we're not ashamed. Baptism is the most basic step that a follower of Christ should take. It's the going public uh, test. And it's, it's the I'm not ashamed to say I'm a Christ follower test. I, I'm not ashamed to let the world know that I belong to him and that I'm, I'm not embarrassed to, to be called one of his children. Jesus himself said, those who publicly declare they belong to me. What is that? It? that that's baptism, a public declaration of faith. Those who declare publicly that they belong to me, Jesus said, I will do the same for them before my Father in heaven. But here's the kicker. Jesus said, those who reject, my, who, those who reject me publicly, those who are not willing to publicly declare their faith, Jesus said, I will reject them before my Father in heaven. So my question again is this. If you won't do the most basic thing that Christ asked you to do to be baptized, how do you expect to ever progress in your relationship with him? Next question here, who should be baptized? Because we're getting ready to baptize people. Who should be baptized? And the answer to that is anyone that's made a decision to follow Christ, even if your decision is, is going to be right here today. Anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and has decided to make him Lord of their life should be baptized. We see this all throughout Scripture. Those who believed were baptized, the Bible says. And as soon as you're old enough to understand and place your faith in Christ, you need to go for it. Which brings up the question, well, what about babies? What about children? 
Short answer, we don't baptize babies. We dedicate babies. In fact, we do several baby dedications uh, several times a year here at Brandywine. Baby dedication is something that you do for someone else. You do for that child. A baptism is something you do for yourself, and it's your decision. You say, well, what about young children? Well, if your child is old enough to understand, and every child's different here, but some children understand at a very young age what it means to receive Christ and the explanation of that that I just explained earlier. If they made that decision in their heart, then they're ready to be baptized. Just make sure it's their decision and not yours, mom and dad, that they've got They've got to own this decision themselves. Another common question that we get about baptism is, can I be baptized more than once? And I, the answer to that is yes, as long as you understand you, you can only be saved once. Uh, the, the, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of taking uh, a trip to the Holy Land uh, in Israel with about 30 of you here uh, from our church. And all those, uh, most every one of them were um, Christians already baptized, but I had the opportunity to baptize in many of them in, in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. And if you ever get that opportunity, I'd say, hey, do it. Over the years, I've had folks approach me and say, I walked away from the Lord, but I recommitted my life to Christ, and it would be very meaningful to me today if I was to get rebaptized. And I, I always say, well, that's fine. If that's the most common reason we get for rebaptizing, is that someone was baptized as a small child, but it was not your decision. Uh, it was your parents. So a lot of times people are like, now this really means something to me because it's my decision, so I signed up to be baptized again. Here's the challenge. Baptism is for anyone who would say, God, I'm not perfect. I know I can never be perfect, but I have decided to live for you. Most people think that if I'm ever going to get made right with God, if I'm ever going to get to heaven, I've got to earn that myself. I've got to be good enough to do that, you know, at least on a curve, good as Joe over here, you know. But that's not biblical. The truth is you can't save yourself. No one can. I don't care if you're Billy Graham or Mother Mary. You, you're not going you're not to be good enough on yourself. You can't earn it. Ephesians 2 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, saving is all his idea. And it's all his works, not ours. All we do is trust in him enough to let him do it. And it's God's gift uh, uh, from start to finish. Here's the good news. The good news is that anyone, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter how far you've strayed, no matter, no matter how much you think you've screwed up and how many regrets you have the bible says if you will put your faith and trust in jesus christ he'll forgive you of your sins and he and you'll become a part of the family of god immediately the very reason that you even exist that you're here on this planet sucking air today is because god wanted you in his family he wants to adopt you into his family why anybody would reject that, I have no idea. Are you, are you telling me that not everybody is a child of God, Pastor? That, that's what, exactly what I'm telling you. God loves everybody. He's made a way for everybody through his son, Jesus Christ. But you've got to choose. You've got to make a choice yourself. You've got to step up and say, I'm in. Count me in. 
I got to get off the fence. And you know what? If you make no decision, you've already made a decision. You've said no. You've got to step up and say, you know what? Uh, I need Jesus in my life. And I want to follow him. I've decided to follow him. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, let me introduce you to a life-changing prayer. Are you ready for this? Romans 10.9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, you make him Lord of your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to confess with your mouth that you want Jesus to be Lord, you have to decide to put him first in your life. And the good news is it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. He invites sin-filled people, messed up people, junked up people, mistake-making people. Aren't you glad? Grace-needing people, hurting people, broken people. He loves everybody. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or how bad you've messed up. God's arms are stretched out. Look at the cross again. His arms are stretched out, and he says, I did this for you because I love you. He's ready to put his spirit in you and to give you forgiveness and give you a new life. And if you want God and you're ready to do as he says, his invitation is wide open for you to be saved. The Bible says, choose you this day who you will serve. Make a decision. Get off the fence. And you can do that today through your decision of prayer and baptism. Baptism is a moment of de declaration that sends a message to the world. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I don't care who sees me. I don't care what others think about it. I have decided to live the rest of my life, the rest of my days for him. So I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer. And it's a simple prayer. God hears it. All you got to do is think this in your heart and your mind and be sincere about it. I'm just going to ask you to stand with me right now. Would you everybody stand? And just bow your head just in a moment of silence, a holy moment here. Close your eyes. Pray this simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I believe who you say you are. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and you came to die for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And I'm not perfect, and I can never be perfect. But today, I humble myself before you. And I say, without your covering, without what you did for me on the cross, I could never stand right before a holy God. So as a profession of my faith, right now, I'm taking the next step. And I want to live my life for you. I believe you rose from the dead. And I invite that same resurrection power to come and live in me. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you for adopting me into your family. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Okay, everybody, this is it. This is the going public test. This is the I'm not ashamed to say I'm a Christ follower test. This is your opportunity. You know God is calling. So in just a moment, at my cue, I'm going to ask everyone who prayed that prayer, who made a new connection with Christ, new connection with God, everyone who made a decision in their heart, along with everyone who also pre-registered for baptism, to step out from your seat here in a moment at my cue, come forward to one of these two gray tents, 
and to pick up your baptism towel, T-shirt, confirm that your name is on the list. Those of you decided uh, you to, and uh, those of you have not re-registered, we invite you to come put your name as well. But we're asking everybody to come. And once you're up here, I'm going to ask you to stay just for a moment before you go over the pond because I want to speak into your life. I have some words of encouragement to speak to you about. And I'll just say it again. How can you claim, how can you claim to be a follower of Christ if you're not willing to take the first step that he's called you to take through baptism? Don't miss this opportunity. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Come forward and publicly declare to the world that I'm not ashamed to be identified with Christ. I'm not ashamed to be a follower of his. Are you ready on the count of three? Men, I want to encourage you men to get off the fence, step up, be the leader of your home. Whole families, move in obedience. Church, clap. Come on. Holla. Come on. Here we go. One, two, three. You come. You come. Spirit.